Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. One for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. The 11 o'clock hour, Miller and Condon, Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Uh, still to come in about 15 minutes, Jeff Hughes to bearsblog.com. We owe you the Bears and the Vikings as we take a look at the four local teams. like to do that before the 4th of July. So we'll get the Bears in here today. Uh, and then we're going to talk Hoover football as they are doing a, uh, a drive. Uh, coach Tyron Taylor, the Tyron Taylor, the head coach of Hoover, mm-hmm. uh, a cleat drive that is uh, taking place in the month of July. So we'll co- talk to Coach Taylor about his Huskies and about what they're trying to accomplish uh, over at Hoover before we get out of here at 11. So you just, uh, well, Cappy alluded to this last Wednesday, that he had heard that there's going to be crossover games uh, with an extra couple of games of your crossover opponent. You just alluded to that to Brian Walton. So is that a done deal? I hadn't heard that. I, I've, I've seen it bandied about, but I haven't seen official confirmation. Gotcha. So the Twins would be the Brewers? Be the Brewers, yeah. yeah. White Sox, Cubs, obviously. Right. Royals, Cardinals. Right, that makes sense. Yankees, Mets, Nationals, Orioles. Who would the Marlins Jays get? Not that anybody cares but me. There's, Nationals? No, the Nationals are the Orioles. Okay. Oh, of course. So it's got to be somebody from the East. Who is their protected rival? Obviously, it used to be the Expos. Not not the. I mean, I hope it's the Marlins. Marlins Rays. Rays. Who's left? It's not the Yankees. The Red Sox. Yankees Mets. Red Sox. No, Red Sox will get the Braves. Red Sox Braves. Okay. Who are we I... getting? Phillies. But that be the that be the Pirates. So then you got to no, jump. No on... no 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 no. Oh yeah no no you wouldn't. That's just a different division inside the National League. Right. Um, I bet it's the Phillies. Yeah, that'd be who would be left, right? And if it's got to be all within oh division, gosh. what year? What World Series? What year was that World Series? Ninety three. Is that what it was? I think it was ninety three. Yeah, ninety two. They beat the Bravos, Phillies in ninety three. I think. So there's your crossover for your Jays, because the Braves. You said they're Red Sox. Yeah, they're Red Sox. Yeah, Marlins are Rays, Mets are Yankees, Nats are Orioles. So yeah, that's the only team left. Now, what do you do? Oh, yeah, that matches up then. Yeah, I think that's what it's got to be. Okay. There you go. Six games. Got you excited? I am a trend. I can't wait for baseball. <laughs> and if we get that Sunday night game, if that's, if mm-hmm. the, you know, if that um, Yankees, uh, Nats. Yankees, Nats, if that rumor it comes true, oh, Cole Scherzer to get things started. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, or do you put the Astros on the national spotlight right off the bat to get that? Yeah, got to give it to the defending champions, the team that yeah, true. beat the cheaters. Yeah, yeah, true. That's probably so. Take a page out of the NFL's book yep. and, and, and open with the defending World Series champions. I think that would make a whole lot of sense. Well, we should know in the next couple of days. That's what we're... Um, 
fingers crossed and certainly hoping for that we find out some clarity uh, as to when this is going to uh, start, when it's going to, who the teams are going to match up with. I'm looking forward to finding out the field of dreams. I, I'm with Brian Walton that uh, the White Sox should throw a fit um, if they're not part of it. But, man, Cubs cards moves the needle. If you're going to take two Central Division teams because of travel, you're going to. I mean, who else are you going to put up in there? Right? Who else? Twins Twins White Sox. I know it doesn't have the national spotlight. I get that. But this was the White Sox game. Mm. And there isn't anybody else from the American League Central that would be have the same kind of pull. The Indians? No. Mm, Tigers? No. No. It's Cubs cards. Cubs cards. You just want to see Cubs cards there. But this is the White Sox. You think the White Sox are just giving this up? Well, no, I don't. But, I, I mean, was it their idea? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know where this I mean, if from. they were the impetus for this, right. then, They're not going to yeah. give it to the Cubs. No, then, then they deserve to keep that spot. But I'm not so sure that they politic to MLB for But we this. knew it was the White Sox initially. That Yankees, yes. The Yankees part of it came out a couple, like two, three days later mm-hmm. that we found out who their opponent right. was going to be. And because of that, you do wonder if this is something that came up in the imagination of the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And Maybe. because of the connection that they have and Shoeless Joe and everything else, yep. that this is, quote-unquote, the White Sox game for 2020. Going forward, there are going to be other games there. We're not going to build this. No, thing no, and then it, absolutely. Down. It's going. To, it's going to take place every single year. Right. One hundred percent. Right. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Mike wants to join the program. Mike, what's on your mind, Mike? You want to talk some baseball, or where are you going to go? Well, uh, I'd like to go with this Akram Wadley story that broke this morning. If that's all right. Yeah, I'm not real for the the uh, the statement that he put out. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I just have some questions for you guys, and, and I'll let Mayor have to listen. Okay. Here. If everything that Akram says as far as he hated being in Iowa yeah. and he wishes no other player would ever or any African American player would play there. I saw that. Why was he trying to get his brother That's a great question. Scholar? That's the that's a million dollar question. Mm-hmm. Why? And 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 I, I certainly am, am on the side of I think that yeah, he had a rough time while he was there. Yeah, I do too. And I think there's part of it that, that maybe isn't being said, but that, that's my number one question. If you hated being there, mm-hmm. why on earth would you want your brother to go there and ask the coaching staff to give my brother a scholarship? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, Mike, I, I, I'm, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And, and um, look, I agree that, like you just pointed out, and I'm glad you did point that out because I would if you didn't. Uh, he clearly had a, a, a bad experience at the University of Iowa. Um, you know, he hasn't been... Um, completely forthcoming on some of the, you know, his post-Hawkeye career. There are a lot of people, this isn't just one, this isn't just two, there are a lot of Hawkeye fans that, um, I guess, sent him money uh, around the Christmas, this past Christmas holiday season in thinking that they were going to get a piece of signed memorabilia, and he took that money and apparently didn't deliver on what he said he was going to. Now, he's subsequently, he's come out and said that he is going to uh, you know, try and make that right. I'm not sure if he has yet. But to your point, Mike, and I, I'm with the players on this. I, I'm absolutely lined up with the players uh, for the most part. But my question, like your question, if it was so bad and you would come out in your last statement and the statement you made is, you know, that um, you hope that no other African-American player, um, if you're if he's asked, he's, he's certainly not going to recommend that they show up and play at the University of Iowa. But 
why would you be allegedly? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people have backed this up saying, you know, that you begged to get your brother a scholarship. It was so bad. Why would you do that to your brother? We knew during the time that things weren't great between the coaching staff and Akron Wild. The last year particularly, right? But, but even before that, before the fumbling issues that came up, and well, it was pretty easy to dismiss it. This guy's talented, yeah. but he can't hold on to the football. What, he fumbled four times in his first 29 career touches, something like that? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty easy to put him at the end of the bench. But even leading up to that senior year, Akram, he's, he's got to get up to 190. How many times do we hear Kirk, yep. Kirk say that, talking about the weight? And though it's just that's the small component that we heard about, you knew that there was something happening there. The Well, I, I had to drink. Well, a lot of people drank when they went to college. That one, masking, that, that that's something that came up just because of that. Go to college, a lot of people, they start boozing for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's the way that it happens. But, you know, there's some parts of it that you look at. Is it sour grapes? But Mike Gray brings up a great point. That bad, but you want yeah, your brother no, to go I'm, there? 100%. Yeah. It's hard to get past that. It is, absolutely. Uh, Ross wants to join the program. Ross, where do you want to take us? It's kind of a potpourri <laughs> day for Trent and I, so you go wherever what? you want. Well, can I talk to you off air last week about Oh, Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I guess I think one thing that not only sports radio is missing, but also even the national radio is, you know, everyone's worried about the NFL or excuse me, the NBA, how it's going to go in the bubble in New Orleans or yeah. in Orlando. Well, MLS teams are showing up. They're, they're already in Orlando and there's going to be 26 teams with about 45 to 50 staff Jeez. there. So I think people are missing the point that, you know, uh, the NBA is going to get almost a dry run. Now, granted, you know, bat- or soccer is going to be played outside, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're kind of going to go through and see what happens if, as you guys have, I, or, or I've heard commented somewhere, you know, the staff that's cleaned the rooms and everything, they're going to come and go. So, you know, they're truly not playing in a bubble. But soccer is literally starting in Orlando. Teams are there now. This so, week, right? Know. Or early next week? And when do they start? Well, they start Wednesday night. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock is July 8th is the first game. That's Inter-Miami. My son works for Inter-Miami, and yep. Inter-Miami plays Orlando. And then they have morning games. They're going to play before it gets too hot, and then 8 o'clock and 10.30 night games. So, you know, I know soccer is not a big mover on the radio, but, you know, I think it's going to give a lot of these leagues a feel for what's going to mm-hmm. go on because – like I said, teams started going there last week, you know, and yep. uh, they have to they have to get there like five days before their first game. But you know, there it's kind of going now. So, so I how just does your, bring that up. Let me ask you, Ross. Uh, did your son grow up here? Are you guys from here? Um, yeah. How did, go ahead. How did he get to, How did he get involved with the Miami MLS soccer team? Well, actually, God, you're gonna maybe. He had, he played soccer in high school. He played at Grandview. I mean, he wasn't a starter. Right. He's always he's always loved soccer. He, he sold tickets for Columbus Crew Soccer Club in the MLS. He went to work the 2017 season as the equipment manager for the women's Seattle team that Megan Rapinoe's on. Yeah, that's and pretty good. 18, and it and in 18 and 19. He was equipment manager for the Sounders up there, and they won the championship last year. And soccer does very teams. well in Seattle. Yeah, no, absolutely. They had they sold out seventy thousand seats at the football wow. stadium in in the morning, and he got a chance. Obviously, this is the first year of the Inter Miami team that's owned by David Beckham. So he's hoping to get in on the ground floor. You know, he's hoping to get in on the ground floor. But yo, he's doing the COVID test every other day. 
you know, they are not up in Orlando yet, but they go up on Wednesday. So, yeah, he, he's going through it. He's going through it. And he's just always loved soccer. Glad you called in, Ross. Good to talk to you. And uh, so, so obviously you're Miami. Who should I root for? It's for Miami, of course. Okay. <laughs> All right. How are we going to do this year? Uh, well, they're 0 2, but, you know, <laughs> they've just started. This is their first year. They've got slow starters, some new players, and they've got. They've got a lot of money, you know, obviously, and a lot of pull with David Beckham. So they ought to be all right. They ought to be all right. What's so, what's the last name uh, of our squad? What are we known as? Well, they're the Inter-Miami. Uh, their logo is the Cranes. It's it's the birds that are down That's there. all right. I'm good Inter- with that. It's the Inter-Miami Club of Football. Don't, like I said, you know, I like Chicago Bears is easier to say than, you know, <laughs> right. Inter-Miami Club Day Football. But Go it Cranes. is what it is. Go Cranes. How about that? There you go. Absolutely. Ross, thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Soccer is another one that's just so odd because you don't have mascots for everybody. It's just Toronto FC for football club. Right, yeah. What's KC? Sporting KC. Sporting KC, right. Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami. My squad, the Cranes. The Cranes. Go Cranes, go. What's uh, Minnesota, the Loons? I don't think they have one. There's a Loon on their shield, but that's it. I guess that's is the loon the state bird of many? Yeah, I mean, that's it a is. mosquito, right? No, yeah. that's when that's mosquito. Manitoba. No, Manitoba. <laughs> that's right. um, you know how many teams are in the MLS now? There's a lot, right? I, I was kind of looking through, and I just shocked at the sheer number. Group A has six teams, and then the other group have four East. Montreal has a team. Toronto's got a team. Toronto has a team. You mentioned Sporting KC, Colorado, Cincinnati, huh. along with Columbus, New York Red Bulls. They're still bouncing around. Mm-hmm. Atlanta United. I don't know. San Jose, Vancouver, Seattle. So when Ross called last week, he's mentioned that they would be the first sport to come back. Mm-hmm. And they're the team sport. Team sport, right. Mm-hmm. Team sport. All right, uh, we'll take a time out. Uh, Chicago Bears, speaking of those Chicago Bears, we're going to talk about them next. Uh, Jeff Hughes is going to join the program. We're just going to talk some Hoover football. They've got a uh, an endeavor uh, happening as they're trying to get some uh, uh, cleats for some kids who otherwise couldn't afford them. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Coach Taylor about what they've got going on, what they're trying to do uh, when we before we get out of here at noon. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six point dot org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Gonna switch gears, gonna finish up talking football. Coach Tyron Tyler from the uh, Hoover Huskies. In about 20 minutes, we'll talk about the cleat drive that they have uh, going on over there. But right now, he's Jeff Hughes. He writes to bearsblog.com, and he joins us. Jeff Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well. You're playing the fight song, Ken. I just assumed you weren't in the studio today. I just assumed it was Trent running solo for getting a full fight song entrance. Yeah, no, he's got control of the buttons over there on the other <laughs> side of the glass. Hey, I want to start kind of uh, away from the football. Uh, good for you. Uh, we're we're uh, uh, David Kaplan. We have Cappy on every week, and his wife, it's Mindy, I think, uh, is the head of marketing for Lou Malnati's, and you just picked up a significant bump sponsor, uh, DeBear's blog, and Lou Malnati's going to have a relationship. Yeah, you know, I've stayed away from a lot of the sort of uh, bully advertising that ruins many sites. Um, 
But I decided that I had a lucrative offer to sell the site earlier this year. I passed on it, and I said, well, if you're not going to sell, find some partners that you love, that you don't mind integrating into the content, into the work, that won't disrupt that flow. We're a really simple site on purpose. We want you to be able to read it, get into the comments, have a conversation. And over the last few months, Malnati's has been really open to a lot of our ideas, uh, and it's going to be a, a mutually beneficial partnership moving forward, and hopefully we'll sell a bunch of their pizzas, and, and we can make some money on the deal, too. But it's a great company. Uh, I spend way too much time at Malnati's when I'm in Chicago, and uh, I'm thrilled to see where it goes. Uh, always great when you get that connection and get a connection for a place that you love, and that pizza is up there when you make your way to Chicagoland. Jeff, let's uh, let's get into this Bears off season, an odd off season for so many different reasons. Certainly, uh, we saw James Daniels here with formerly of the University of Iowa came out with comments about his time at the University of Iowa. But that aside, this team, this off season, what they've gone through. Is it as simple as a quarterback? I mean, we're, we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about position groups, but does it just come back to what's going to happen behind the center and the man, whoever it is, throwing the football around? Yeah, Trent, I think it does. And I think the Bears, when they analyzed 2019, saw very little difference other than a, you know no big defensive turnover touchdowns, but they saw a very good defense. They saw skill position guys in the right place. They just saw such poor quarterbacking play that they addressed this offseason and said, if we can get, uh, if we can get, I wouldn't, I'm trying to couch the word because if you use the wrong word on Foles, people yell at you. If they can get competence at quarterback, if they can get someone to get them in the right protections, to get the football where it's supposed to go, to audible when he sees what the defense is doing, if they could simply get those basics out of the position, they could go right back to where they were in 2018. And I believe that's why Foles was, was the target. He knows the offense. They knew they were going to have a limited offseason. So this is going to be a very easy transition for him. And I think the Bears' goal is for Foles to be the starter on day one. I've heard all the happy talk about it being Mitch's job to lose. I just don't believe it. I don't believe you trade for a guy who's a former Super Bowl MVP, who knows the offense and has great leadership intangibles. I don't believe you go get that guy and pay him to back up a quarterback coming off Mitch Trubisky's 2019. So was that it, uh, Jeff, when, when Trubisky, in a nutshell, he just, I hate to say doesn't understand the game, but doesn't understand, you mean you mentioned the audible into the right plays. Um, he just, he's, he's not good at those type of things. I see the arm. I see the athleticism. Now, the arm clearly could be accuracy is, is wanting, to be fair. Uh, but it, is it just the in-game scenarios that have given him trouble? Yes. Uh, what, I, what I've been told by people who are, who are very close to that quarterback room last year is that he just couldn't process the game. And that's not an intelligence thing. That's just a simple, it's a football instinct. Hmm. He doesn't get to the line of scrimmage, see what the defense is presenting him, and get the Bears into the right play. And you see it even in action. It's not, it's not just mental, although there's a mental component. He doesn't run at the right times when there's easy first downs and sometimes touchdowns. Uh, he doesn't get the ball to the wide-open guy and instead will choose to throw into crowds. The deep ball accuracy is the most physically limit- limiting uh, element of his game. But they're just, they got to a level of frustration, and it really hit a high point in the New Orleans game where, where Matt Nagy got to the point where he realized, this guy can't run my offense. And, he, and that surprised them. They did not see that last mm-hmm. summer. They saw a lot of progress in the offseason. They expected big things from 
for Mitch Trubisky last year. And by about November, early November, they knew they weren't going to get them. They dialed everything back. They tried to limit what he had to process on the field. And i got to be honest, he wasn't all that good at processing that. Hmm. So they, they knew very, uh, very early in this offseason that they had to get somebody who can run the offense efficiently. And they believe with that, They'll be back in the playoffs this year. Uh, Jeff Hughes, TheBearsBlog.com uh, is our guest. Uh, I'm a Kyle Long fan. I, I like the entire family. I like Chris, obviously, Hall of Famer dad, Howie. Um, Kyle Long says he was fired. It sounded in the beginning like you know he just couldn't play. Injuries had taken the toll. There was a, a lengthy piece, I want to say, in The Athletic. It was a good read wherever it was. Um, but now he's apparently getting an itch. It's almost July after all. Uh, these guys are used to getting uh, set for training camp. He says he's not going to be, the Bears won't have him back, but he's at least exploring opportunities. Does he have anything left? If he has anything left, we haven't seen it in two or three years. And Kyle is uh, still a young man. I mean, if, if, if the health is there, uh, I could definitely see him giving it another go. But he was a liability even when supposedly healthy at the start of last season. And I was at that Raiders game uh, in London when he was where he considers himself fired. Right. He was a turnstile. I mean, we, we, it was noticeable from the crowd. Guys were just plummeting through him. And I just kept saying to my friend who I was with at that game, I said, he just doesn't look like he can get off the ball. And sure enough, he didn't come out for the second half. Um, I don't know. I, I, he's made a lot of money. I'd be surprised. If he gets anything more than a vet minimum, you know, tryout in camp, I don't know why he'd want to put himself through that unless he's going to a surefire title contender. But I'll tell you right now, he's not a starting guard on a title contender. So if he wants to find a, cl- a club that'll have him, somebody will bring him in. He's that kind of guy. He's a tough personality. He's a mauler. But he's only those things when he can play, and, and he hasn't shown he can play for two years. A couple of months, months to uh, sit back, dissect what the Bears did in the draft, and Sometimes you get a little bit of a link between the time when it happens to today. Your thoughts overall. Jalen Johnson, Ken mentioned him going into the draft, a guy that he really liked out of Utah. He's expected to be a starter, but when you look through the rest of the draft, anything popped out to you? Any expectations you have for this group coming in? I, I, I just think we should focus on Cole Komet. Yeah, and I, and I think kid. that uh, Cole Komet, to me, is going to be the starting tight end for this team very quickly. And he is going to do a lot of things along the line as an as a inline blocker, but also in the passing attack. The one thing I've heard from all these Zoom meetings, and who the heck knows that these Zoom meetings mean anything, but you're, I think you're able to process if you're a coach who's doing the homework and who's ready and who's going to be ready when you do put the pads on. You're hearing nothing but praise about this kid. And I think he's going to be out to prove something this year, prove he should have been a first-round pick, prove he was the best tight end in this class. I think he was taken there anyway. And then we'll... We'll see where it goes. But I think they found a star in the making there. And it's for some reason, tight ends tend to have success before this, this modern period in, Chicago's, uh, in Chicago football. So I think Komet's going to be the story of this draft going forward. Mm-hmm. Might this defense be mentioned amongst the best in the league, the way it's comprised right now? I mean, you know, we haven't played, but when you take a look at it on paper anyways, might this team be in the conversation amongst potentially the league's best? Absolutely. Uh, I would say two things. Number one, if Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack are healthy, they are the best pass-rushing duo, I think, in football. And then Jalen Johnson becomes the X-factor. If Jalen Johnson plays at a more-than-capable level opposite Kyle Fuller, they don't have a single hole in this defense. They should be, their floor should be top five in the league, but I think they have a chance to be the best in the league. And you take that defense and competent quarterback play, 
and it's not hard to see them winning 10 games again this year. I know Mike Furry, the wide receiver coach, he's excited about this group, but outside of Robinson, it's hard to get real excited. You mentioned Cole Komet. That'll help out the, the tight end game, and they got a dozen of them hanging out there. you got to be able to, you would hope, find a couple other guys to help out. The wide receiver position, the skill position in general for the Bears, enough to put enough points on the board this year in your mind? How many are enough? Is the first question. Mm-hmm. Here's the question I have about last year when we're evaluating this offense. What happens if Mitch Trubisky hits Taylor Gabriel on some of these deep, deep outs mm-hmm. where he's wide open? You know, Ted Ginn's going to be running those patterns. He's a better version of Taylor Gabriel. If Nick Foles gets the ball to the open man when, when, the, when it's presented, yes, I think they can score. I think David Montgomery will have a very good year. Uh, at tailback, I think they'll power run a little bit more. Juan Castillo, as the offensive line coach, will put a little more toughness into this group. I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see a limited passing attack, especially early. But if it's Foles, and I, and I keep going back to that, I, I can't. If it's Trubisky, I can't tell you anything. I don't know what they're, if they'll score any points. <laughs> but if it's Foles, I think the average you can get from Foles, they should be able to put up 24 points a game. And, and with this defense. They're not going to lose many games. They score 24 points. In. Hmm. Uh, they've had some kicking issues over the last couple oh. of years, Trent. Oh. Uh, Pinero, did they bring anybody in to compete with him, Jeff? No, they have not yet. I mean, they, they sound pretty committed to Eddie Pinero, and I, I'm not quite sure why. But, but <laughs> I, the two glaring flaws, if you ask me, of the Ryan Pace evaluative era are a quarterback and kicker. And I think they, they think Eddie will improve this year. I'm sure they will bring in someone. To, to challenge him, someone, some vet to challenge him, but uh, all signs point to Eddie Pinero being the starting kicker in September. Coming full circle, back to quarterback. Yesterday, last night, Cam Newton it's announced that he is going to the New England Patriots. I know there were some Bears fans that were hopeful that Cam Newton would ultimately end up with the Bears. I, I think we know him for a long time, though, that wasn't going to be the case. It's been 70 years since Sid Luckman retired. 70 years <laughs> And outside of a, a couple of moments that we saw with McMahon, a couple of moments maybe with Eric Kramer there in the late 90s, it, it has just been one after a number, number that has not worked out. Cam Newton, what, could have it worked in Chicago? In different circumstances, I think it might have worked. But you have to remember where this franchise is right now. They're a season removed from 12-4. and four. <laughs> Bringing in Cam Newton and not being sure if he can start day one would have essentially been handing the reins to Mitch Trubisky in September. And all signs point to the fact that Ryan Pace understood he had to get a quarterback who could start day one this season because they can't afford another 8-8. Eight and eight. They can't afford worse than 8-8, eight and eight, certainly. So if you were going to bank on Cam Newton coming in, learning a brand-new offense, and being healthy, look at the deal he signed with New England. That is the contract given to an injured guy. That is a safe, incentive-laden deal that, that basically protects New England if he, can, if he never gets on the field. And the Bears are not in a position to be able to take a shot at quarterback. They needed sturdy. They needed someone who you know what you're going to get, and, and they've seen the upside of Nick Foles is the playoff run. And that's, that's where I think the Bears are, and a lot of franchises are, when you don't have a franchise quarterback. You've got to muscle your way to 10 games, get into the tournament, and hope, like in hockey, you get a hot keeper, hope you get a hot quarterback in the postseason and make your run. That's what they are banking on with Nick Foles. Uh, Jeff Hughes, uh, com. What's the uh, the kid's name escapes me? Oh, he's a backup linebacker. He signed, he broke the bank. Uh, quick, uh, what's his name? Oh, the guy from West Virginia, yeah, Kowikowski. Yeah, where where did he end up? Cleveland. 
Oakland. Oakland. Uh, you know what? Oakland. Sorry, Las, Las Vegas. I'm going to make that Right, yeah, you and me both. Uh, I thought he had some uh, some moments. I'm, I'm not surprised he got paid. How big of a loss is he? Uh, if if Trevathan or Roquan get hurt, he, he's a substantial loss. He, he took tremendous strides last year, especially. Listen, he's a, he's a downhill sort of inside linebacker, but he was good in coverage a lot of times last year, and that's, that shocked the organization. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you – this is what – Great defenses. I think this group is great defense. This is what you go through. You know, look at how the Ravens have gone over the years. You're going to lose the guys who emerge from backup positions because you just can't pile that much money into a single defense. And they love Danny Trevathan as the leader of the defense, as the signal caller, as the guy in the middle. And if that if the decision came down to Trevathan or Kwiatkowski, it was not a decision. They were bringing back Danny. All right, Jeff. It's been fun. We've talked 12, 13 minutes here about football, and it's great to have that. But there is that other part of the equation. Will there actually be football? What will football look like? I saw what a number of players I think are coming back into July is when camp will get started for the Bears. Preseason games. That, that's still, I'm surprised we haven't heard more. And I know eh, you're still a little over a month away from the start of those preseason games, but. What the preseason is going to look like? What camp's going to look like here as we continue on with COVID nineteen? Honestly, Trent, I've been trying to guess this virus since day one, mm. and so have my local leaders here in New York, and yeah. nobody's done a particularly great job. I have no idea. I mean, until we hear from the league what their testing policy is going to be, what their resolution policies are going to be, I just don't know how this how this progresses. You know, what happens, i give you an example, what happens if the Thursday night kickoff game, if two days before that Patrick Mahomes tests positive for COVID-19, do the Chiefs play without him that Thursday night? Do they play without him the following week? Because that's what golf is essentially doing now. They're saying if you test positive, you self-quarantine in that location for 10 days, so you miss the tournament there and you miss the following tournament. So are we going to be looking at a situation where week to week we're just going to have to hope the stars of, of, of the teams we cover or that we root for don't test positive for this and don't have to miss substantial games? I mean, what happens in December if the Packers are going trying to win a division and Aaron Rodgers tests positive? I mean, I don't think players in the NFL will be susceptible to the massive health risks because these are some of the most finely tuned athletes in the world. But if the, if the situation becomes you test positive, you're out. That is, that is going to make a lot of this season arbitrary for a lot of teams, and people don't like arbitrary when it comes to sports. So, listen, the NFL cares really about one thing, and that's cash. Ching. And the cash in the NFL is in the TV deals. They don't actually need fans in the stands. That just brings some extra cash to the teams. They're going to make their money by getting these games on. I know they're going to try to play them. But they're going to have to have such a rigorous and clear and detailed policy for how to address these issues should guys test positive. And if golf is struggling with that, golf, it's 150 guys a week and caddies. Think about when you're testing 3,000 guys every week. I would not want to be in Goodell's shoes for this, but I would say, my guess, we will not see preseason games. We will maybe see some, some joint practices. And they're just going to cross their fingers and hope come the opening Thursday. Well, this is breaking. Oklahoma State just confirmed 14 football players as they got set to start their uh, voluntary workouts have just tested positive in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Jeff Hughes to com. Fingers crossed, Jeff Hughes. Thank you, as always. Great to talk to you. Congratulations on the relationship with Lou Malnati's Pizza, Deep Dish in Chicago. And it's, it's available everywhere. Don't they ship it around the country? I'm pretty sure they do. 
They do tasteofchicago.com. They ship it everywhere. They just shipped it to me, and it was amazing. Good stuff, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com. What is it with the Big 12? K-State. Yeah. Texas. Oklahoma State. Things ramping back up. Yeah, maybe that's more to what the it south. is, right? I don't know. I do know we're going to talk Hoover Huskies. Yes, we Coach are. Tyler coming up next. Mm-hmm. They've got a fundraising endeavor. Well, it's funds, but it's also new or used cleats. Going to help out the city schools, give them a little publicity, at least one of those city schools. Hoover, Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. here on a Monday. All local shows, by the way, off on Friday. Let's talk some Hoover football, shall we? They've got a fundraising effort underway. Well, actually, technically, starts July 1st through the 3rd of August. Uh, Coach Tyler is going to join us momentarily. Hoover uh, looking for new or gently used football cleats. Numerous boy sizes are needed. Uh, cleats or monetary donations will go right to the Hoover High school football program. We love the city schools. We'll do our part to continue to publicize this. In fact, let's do so right now, Trent Conlon, shall yes, we? I'm looking forward Tyrone to Tyrone Tyler's the head coach of Hoover, and he joins the program. Coach Trent Condon's my partner. This is Ken Miller. Good to catch up with you, Coach Tyler. How are you? me on i appreciate it no listen we appreciate it. we saw the i think it was uh the kxno uh twitter account tweeted this on friday and as soon as i saw it i called you right away to to line you up because uh this is uh th- this is something that we can get certainly get behind so what is behind it obviously there's a need for this and uh you've got some kids that want to come out and play some football but uh finances being what they are with some family sadly that uh, maybe the cleats aren't aren't going to be something that uh, uh is workable in the budget so you guys trying to uh do a fundraiser and get a cleat raising endeavor tell us all about it coach tyler absolutely you know, I, I got the job in march and as i was you know digging into things and seeing what the needs were and as i was talking to some kids you know um some of the things that you take for granted, like cleats and just your basic supplies. And, you know, I was thinking, what could I do to try to um, raise awareness to it and try to get some cleats in? And so that was what I came up with was doing a cleat drive and just to reach out as many resources I could to see what we could get donated uh, so the kids don't have to worry about, you know, we want them to show up and worry about learning football and being active and doing those things versus, okay, what am I going to wear when I get there? And so that's why we're doing the cleat drive. We want to, you know, we're looking at new or used or basically anything that people are willing to give and you know, we've got kids from eighth grade all the way up to 12th grade that you know, may need something so that was our thought behind it and um, it's been going we've had a pouring of outreach so far so it's been good so people uh maybe their kids just graduated high school and got some cleats laying around the house what's the easiest way the old ones. Yeah, that very well could be the case too what's the easiest way to get them uh, to your team and get them to the kids over at hoover um, right now, um, they can reach out to me directly. I can set up a time to pick them up. It's tough with the school being closed. Otherwise, you could just drop them off. Mm. But the best thing to do would be reach out uh, to me directly. My information is on the flyer. Um, you know, my email is coachtyrone.tyler at gmail.com, or my phone number's out there as well. They can email, text, or whatever, and we can find a time. Um, and then hopefully here soon, we will have some hours that we'll be 
back in the school doing workouts and we can set those times out there for people to drop things off or they can you know again they don't mind shipping them drop them in the mail and you know attention them to the football department and we'll get them that way as well that's good stuff you know you mentioned eighth graders which is terrific coach because i don't have to tell you the feeder program is you you know as these kids learn the game and get interested in the game and develop a passion for the game of football uh the earlier you can get to some of these young men uh the the better off it's going to be uh how are how uh how has that gone as far as you know trying to get the youth to um spend some time learning learning the game of football. Um, right now, we're just getting started. You know, we got some solid coaches in place. I think that was one of the first things I wanted to do um, since I know I'll be tied up with the varsity. And so really, you know, I, I reached out to our feeder school at Merrill since we only have the one feeder school. Got a list of all of the, the males and you know females in the school and sent out some flyers and sent out some information on, you know, when, when we're able to get started and, you know, having them register if they have any interest and have any questions. Um, and so really we're just at the beginning stages. The pandemic kind of put a hold on everything. Um, in the beginning, it was, it was going to be a nice thing to go through the schools and have, you know, a little assembly to give them information on the program. But now, you know, we're taking small steps and just basically trying to get the information out. Um, you know, we pulled an awesome uh, eighth grade coach in Larry Mason. Uh, he's leaving Valley High School to come over and work with our youth. And I um, think he's going to do a tremendous great. job down there teaching those kids um, at that level. You know, so, yeah. Coach Mason, great guy and uh, certainly going to be very impactful there. Well, you know, West Des Moines, you're a Dowling guy yourself. So, <laughs> you you know, certainly the hill that you have in front of you, climbing and taking over one of the city schools and just the gap and the divide we've seen between the suburban schools and uh, on the public side in Des Moines. Talk a little bit. It's been different, obviously, but what you look to, what what you expect to do, and what you look to build here in the coming years at Hoover. Um, you know, what we're looking at doing is going in and just basically starting to teach the fundamentals, getting people excited about football, and and basically teaching the game. Um, you know, yeah, there's going to be hills that we'll have to overcome, but you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So the goal is to go in and change the culture, change the mindset, and you know just basically get them excited and, and something that they can be proud of. You know, the athletes are there. You know, we have ran around a little bit, um, seen the kids and watched tape. Tons of talent is just getting getting them focused and getting them to be consistent and to believe in what they're doing. No doubt about it. All right, Coach Tyler, last thing we're going to – what's the Hoover football account? What Twitter can – uh, can people find that out? Or you know what, Trent and I'll get it, and we will retweet it from our accounts for those looking okay. for more information. Because your email's on there, your phone number, the mail, uh, the mailed Hoover Activities Department uh, uh, on Aurora Fort Forty Eight Hundred Northwest Aurora. So we'll get that. We'll make sure that we spread that on the uh, on our two uh, Twitter accounts. But again, July first through August the third. In our final minute here with you, uh, with you, uh, what do you want to really emphasize about uh, what? you're trying to do here um you know i want to emphasize we want to get excited we want people to to join in we want people to take part and just understand hey you know metro schools or wherever whether it's west des moines metros um take part help us out and get involved um you know again it's for the kids it's not you know for our coaching staff or anybody else it's for these kids to have the opportunity that most people take advantage of or take for granted excuse me so yeah we're just excited to get people involved and try to bring up hoover football and uh looks to have a chance to be a pretty good hoover football team this year a junior returning quarterback yeah quarterback is back running back is back i I think the top seven receivers are all back uh, comes down to offensive line. You need that there, but you're going to have some skill positions out there to get year number one started. You guys going to be chucking the ball around a little bit? 
That is the plan. That's <laughs> one of the things I'm excited the most about is having, I think, our senior class, I want to say, is 17, and they've got a pretty good handle on things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited about that and excited what I've seen, you know, watching films. So, no, it, it, to get those kids out there and get them going, we're chomping at the bit, and they're excited about it as well. Good stuff. Coach Tyler, congratulations on what you're doing here. Congratulations on uh, taking the uh, reins at Hoover, the Hoover Huskies football. Again, we will uh, retweet it for those folks who need uh, more information. You can help out with new, gently used cleats. Uh, We'll do our part. Thanks, Coach Tyler. Best of luck to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Good to talk to you. Coach Tyrone Taylor. Tyler, excuse me, uh, of the uh, Hoover Huskies uh, uh, fundraising endeavor. So you're up to speed on your Hoover Oh, Husky. yes, yeah. Hoover, Roosevelt, Drake Stadium maybe later on in the year? That'd be pretty good. I could sign up for that one. I Now I'm trying to remember back with the new scheduling in place how that's going to impact it. But Hoover's got a lot of kids. I remember a couple of years ago uh, when this group was freshmen that are now going to be seniors in the mm-hmm. upcoming season. They said, watch out. That, that might be a team that makes a push. I know they've had a lot of really good quarterbacks that have come through there recently. Well, we saw one at UNI. Uh, just a couple of years back. Well, that, yeah. that was a Lincoln. But they've had a lot of kids that have gone through there. But offensive line, and that's one divide. And when we talked to Mitch Moore at Roosevelt, that's one thing that he's mentioned. We can find skill position players. We can find some guys defensively to play linebacker, be a safety and cornerback. But up front, both offensive and defensive lines, that's and the longest not having thing. Not being forced to make them go both ways. Right, yes. And, and having the number of guys where, and maybe you can find four defensive linemen. You can find five offensive linemen, but then building that depth, yeah. another component. And that's part of the big divide. The strength and conditioning programs at the suburban schools compared to the city, that's a big part of it. But excited for Hoover and excited to get, yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed, football back when we uh, get to August this year. Well, they uh, plucked a guy off of uh, out of the Valley system, sounds mm-hmm. things, to take a look at the, or to lend a hand with some of the youth up and coming. It's so important. I mean, look at the Dowling feeder system, right? Right, yep. Jeez. These kids, uh, they get the uh, first taste of football, and the only thing they want to do is get old enough to get to high school and play for Coach Wilson. Well, yeah. you know, maybe maybe this will happen. All right, coming up tomorrow, Scott Dockerman is going to drop a lengthy piece at The Athletic on Alex Karras. Oh, that's a good... No. He's been working on this for weeks, oh, maybe really? months, yes. So, I mean, I wonder if it's going to go in-depth into the movie career, too. I don't if it's know. it's just about the Iowa career. He wouldn't tip his hand at all. He said, uh, let's do this tomorrow because I got my big... Alex Karras piece that he's very proud of. Well, he's uh-huh. on vacation, too. Oh, okay. So we're going to impose it on him for that. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's, this is coming at The Athletic, and uh, I'm anxious to read it. A story that I heard when he was making his way to Iowa. Karras, yeah. He didn't qualify. Right. And so they had to place him, and I think it was Iowa Central Don't in Fort Dodge. Maybe it was even Iowa Lakes up in, up in, up in Boji that they put him up there and basically had him live away from anybody. So Michigan and Ohio State, Evashevsky said, we don't want those guys getting them. Right. We're going to hide them. We're going to hide them a place they can't find them and put them up in North Iowa was a place to be. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. I am too. I think one of the, the funniest lines I ever heard about him is this guy was so tough he used to hold up his socks with thumbtacks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we we'll look forward to having Scott Dockerman on to, the, uh, to talk about that tomorrow. Zuba Mahanti will be here as well on Tuesday. Murph and Andy will be here at 2 o'clock. The Fanatics at 4. Morning rush tomorrow. You've got high school baseball, Johnston Ankeny. Number 2 versus number 4 should be a great one. 7 o'clock tonight. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.